Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. When Russell Wilson said Broncos country, let's ride, I'm sure fans didn't think he meant a roller coaster, but that's what the Broncos have been on this season. They've now won five in a row. Also, what's going on in Lakerland and the Carolina Panthers already making a change at head coach. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. For whatever you want to say about the win on Sunday, a 29 to 12 slugfest over a very banged up Cleveland Browns team. The Denver Broncos have now won five games in a row and find themselves squarely back in the AFC playoff picture. Cody Rourke from Locked On Broncos joins me now. And, and, and Cody, this is a Denver team that in September looked fully dead in the water and over the last month and a half have clawed their way back into this thing. What is What has been the number one thing that has changed for them to get them to this point? I think they've shut out a lot of the noise, Peter. You know, once they were one and four, one and five, you know, there's a lot of noise from local media. There was a lot of noise from the fan base, a lot of noise from national media. And these guys just, they got to work and, and they just, they stuck with it. Like they have a belief in one another and they've just decided, you know what? Like we know what type of team we can be. We haven't played to that standard. We need to find a way to get to that. There's obviously been some personnel changes from a player standpoint defensively for Denver. Um, I'd say health has been a big part of it too. Denver's been healthy. They haven't had a lot of injuries and they've been clean and coming out of every game. So that's been a good sign for them. Um, but I would even say like a bigger thing is that the Broncos defense, which was given up astronomical numbers early on in the season. Yeah, record-setting numbers. It was it was awful there. They went from Vance Joseph calling Vic Fangio and Ajiro Avro's defense to calling his own defense, showing some Fangio looks and breathing his terminology to it. And all of a sudden the players have picked up with it. And they've ran with it. And it's paid dividends for them so far in this turnaround. There's going to be a lot of uh, Russell Wilson talk in this conversation as well. And, and some of the stat lines in these games, frankly, look like early career Russell Wilson, less than they did like, you know, 2013, 2014, let, you know, let Russ cook Russell Wilson. But how has he managed to write the ship? Because even, you know, f- from Sunday, for example, 13 of 22 for 131 and a touchdown also Running a lot more, scored on the ground as well. They're not they're not going to light anyone's world on fire, but that's a market improvement from what we saw last year. Yeah, I, I look, Russ is playing clean, efficient football right now. He's not putting the ball in harm's way in the passing department. He's got 17 touchdowns, zero interceptions this season inside the red zone. To, I think 34 wow. of 50 completions. You know, he, but you know the thing is, everyone's like, oh, he's not putting up a lot of yards. He doesn't have to because. He's playing clean. He's moving them down the field. He's using his legs. But the Broncos have also really relied a lot on the run game. Coming into the season, the idea was for this offense under Sean Payton to be run the football because that's the identity Sean Payton's teams have had. And then you can open up things in the passing game. Well, early on in the season with Denver trailing by two-plus scores early on in each game, they had to abandon the run game. Well, now that they've been playing better defensively, they're in games. They're taking advantage. They're running the football. They're running it well over 169 yards on the ground against a very stingy and tough Cleveland Browns defense this past weekend. And that's kind of playing things into it. So it is opening up Russ in the pass game. So when he is passing, he's taking what the defense is giving him. He's taking some shots from time to time, but he's just playing clean and efficient football. And he's not turning the football over one of the best touchdown interception ratios right now in the NFL. 
you know, we talk about let Russ cook. I mean, he's the chef right now, but he's not like preparing like a five-star gourmet meal. He's just, he's getting the job done. It's a simple, Hey, let's throw something on the stove. Let's throw something on the oven and let's just, you know, Hey, let's have dinner. Like Russ is playing really good football right now. Denver's benefiting in a big way from it. Yeah. Grab the leftover chili. Let's see what we can make with this thing. Uh, their, their schedule to close. They've got to play the chargers twice in division. They've got the lions. They've got the Texans coming up here, but this win over Cleveland, who currently sits in the sixth spot in the AFC Denver, just on the outside of that top seven, looking in they're tied in that seventh spot, but would be out as of this moment. What, what is there a number? Do you want to put a number on it? You think they need to get you to get in here? Beat, beat Houston is, is job one. Yeah, no, that, that's the huge thing for this week. Obviously, a very talented Houston Texans team. D'Amico Ryan's done a tremendous job in his first season there. C.J. Stroud is lighting it up. Denver, you know, their conference record, Peter, is 3-4 and four right now. That's obviously a huge hindrance to them. They lost yeah. to the Raiders in Week 1. They lost to the Jets in Week 5, which that, those will come back to haunt them potentially. Their room for error is very minimal, but five of their six remaining games are against AFC opponents. You mentioned three of those being AFC West Divisional matchups. If Denver takes care of business against the Texans, they'll – we be in one of that seventh seed spot as it goes into week 14. But then, you know, you got to beat the Chargers. You got to beat the Lions, even though it's a non-conference game. And then you got to finish out, obviously, taking care of the Patriots, the Chargers again, and then the Raiders to close out the season. And I think the storyline is going to ride itself. But Denver has to, you know, the five-game win streak is great. They're going to have to keep extending this win streak. They can maybe only afford, in my opinion, Peter, to lose one more game in the last six weeks. That's going to be a tough ask because you know how hard it is to win in the NFL. So they got their work cut out for them. Stay up to date all year on the Denver Broncos by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Broncos on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Lakers just lost by 40. No, really. What's going on in LA? Before we answer that, the Monday Night Football matchup was a struggle. We're into the second half of the NFL season, and now is the best time to turn your sports knowledge into cash with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets back with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, what are you waiting for? The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, teasers, and more. There's also a lot of weekly promotions and boosts to give you plenty of opportunity to increase your payout. In some college basketball action tonight, Kentucky hosts the Miami Hurricanes in a battle of top 15 teams in the country. FanDuel has UK favored by five and a half at home. You can also combine bets for even bigger payouts. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and do the NFL season right. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched a first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first-ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Vikings and Bears played 60 minutes of football on Monday night. I'm not sure it was very good football. It it was definitely football, I think. Your Minnesota Vikings are now 6-6. Six and six. Tough one to watch on national television. They lose the turnover battle once again. Josh Dobbs, four interceptions. A 
same old story with this team. It feels like copy and paste, but lots to dissect and hit on from this one. We always start here, though, Luke. What's the headline read in tomorrow's paper? What's your biggest takeaway or two from what we just watched unfold? Well, I think we have a quarterback controversy in Minnesota. I mean, when we talked about the Dobbs thing after like the Saints game or even after last week against the Broncos, you go, okay, what's it going to take for the Vikings to stop riding this hot hand to think about going to Hall or maybe it would, I guess it would be Nick Mullins. He's he was higher on the depth chart uh, with both of them healthy now. So what does it take for them to move away? And I, and I, I think the answer had to be it had to be a catastrophe. You needed something where, you know, he throws like four interceptions, there's a bunch of turnovers, the offense. Well, this was that catastrophe. I know a couple of those picks weren't his fault. Two of them very much were. And he also tried to throw a fifth one. Uh, And beyond that, the offense was completely dysfunctional. Veteran defensive end Jason Pierre-Paul is expected to sign with the Miami Dolphins in the wake of a season-ending Achilles injury to linebacker Jalen Phillips. The South Florida native signed with the New Orleans Saints on November 16th. He confirmed he would join the Dolphins with a post to his Instagram account Monday night. Pierre-Paul was a first-round pick of the New York Giants in 2010, has 94.5 career sacks in 14 NFL seasons. Las Vegas Raiders are making a few changes after Sunday's loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're waving cornerback Marcus Peters and safety Roderick Teamer. Peters was benched before halftime and the Raiders lost to the Chiefs, while Teamer was arrested and charged with the DUI on Saturday. While Peters had a 75-yard pick six at the Detroit Lions on October 30th, his seventh career interception return for a touchdown, He was more known this season for a dropped interception and comically missed tackles. Interim coach Antonio Pierce is trying to inject some accountability to the Raiders locker room. We'll see if it injects some more winning as well. On the hardwood, the Wizards snapped a nine-game losing streak. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Brandon Scott again with Locked On Wizards. The Washington Wizards snapped a nine-game losing streak, defeating the Detroit Pistons 126-107 in Motown. Led by 32 points by Kyle Kuzma. But how did the Wizards win this game? Easy. They won this game at the free throw line. They converted 26 free throws with 20 out, or rather out of 28 attempts. So they definitely took advantage of the fact that the Detroit Pistons let a lot of people go to the line. They are one of the worst teams in the NBA with allowing people to the free throw line. So looking forward, the Washington Wizards do play their next two games in Orlando Wednesday and Friday, but this Orlando Magic team is actually second in the East, so it's not going to be an easy feat. But again, a really big victory for the Wizards tonight, winning 126-107 in Motown. And in baseball news, yes, baseball news, the St. Louis Cardinals have signed their third starting pitcher of the offseason. Unlike the first two, though, Sonny Gray raises the profile of their pitching staff. Now, Sonny Gray is an outstanding pitcher was an outstanding one for the Twins for sure last year. Finished second in the American League Cy Young voting, third in the league in ERA behind the two Cy Young winners, Blake Snell and uh, Garrett Cole. 32 games started last year, fourth in the league. Michaelis, by the way, led the league with 35. He finished with 183 strikeouts and 184 innings pitch. That was the 20th highest strikeout total in all of Major League Baseball. Batting average against, 226, 10th lowest in the league. Walks per nine, top 25 at 2.69. Led the league in fifth, fielding independent pitching, 2.83. Home runs per nine, just 0.4. Led the league in that. 
And that's, by the way, while pitching at Target Field, which a lot of home runs got hit there last year. 212 of them, to be exact, eighth highest amount in the league. Here is another story you need to know. The LA Lakers came into the 2023 NBA season with plenty of hope. Title aspirations, a revamped roster, LeBron James and Anthony Davis. But injuries, age, it's caught up with them early in the season. Right now, at least, punctuated by a 138-94 loss at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers and a 30-point triple-double from Joel Embiid. Andy Kamenetsky from Locked On Lakers joins me now. And, and Andy, uh, LeBron James played more basketball than, than anyone ever, but this team is not in the shape that they thought it would be at this point. Why not? Uh, for I think LeBron felt like he had played more minutes than anybody during this game itself. <laughs> I think it felt I think it felt like the minutes record that he set began uh, at tip off against Philadelphia and ended when he was taken out. Um, the Lakers just got bombarded by a Sixers team at the outset that doesn't take a ton of threes and isn't necessarily all that proficient just bombing and not even like the usual suspects like a Tyrese Maxey who was fantastic in this game he is having people know an all-star maybe even all nba caliber season right now yeah. but patrick beverly marcus morris just the sixers i i looked it up during this game they average around 31 per game which by nba standards is on the low side i think they were the sixth lowest sure. in the league they had already taken 22 with about three minutes left in the first half which obviously is out of character for what they do, but the way they were making them and frankly, the Lakers weren't guarding them. I don't blame them for what might've been a strategy made up on the fly because they just kept getting look after look after look of what felt to me like a lot of blown coverages. I'd like to think what was happening in this game was not the schemes that Darvin Ham told these guys to run. Yeah, and, and that's the defensive part of this. The offensive part is they had two quarters in this game, under 20 points, just 94 total in this one. And it still feels like an offense that is really, really reliant on LeBron James to manufacture for them in a season where we thought, we thought or at least we were sold this idea that no, Anthony Davis is going to take on more of the scoring load, that they have these secondary scores that can now give them a little bit more. Where has that been so far this season? Well, I mean... It hasn't helped that Austin Reeves has not been consistently what he was last season, particularly after the Russell Westbrook trade, where it felt like he was ascending to legitimate third-star status. He played uh, with Team USA. There was a moment during media day where LeBron and Anthony Davis were taking a photo together, and they actually signaled Austin Reeves to get in the photo with them, which you know felt very much like uh, like a moment signaling you have arrived. And LeBron has talked about Austin Reeves as a guy who has arrived. And he's had some good games here and there. But for the most part, he has not looked consistently comfortable in his role and has not been consistently proficient really on either side of the ball. Um, they miss Rui Hachimura scoring. And he's missed probably about half this season, either with a concussion or right now with a nasal fracture. Christian Wood has not provided the scoring that I believe they they certainly thought he would heading into this season. Torian Prince, um, who is a 
a really well-established outside shooter has been dread. He, he joins Peter, the tradition of players who join the Lakers and apparently just forget how to shoot. Um, it's a, it's a time honored tradition that has affected seemingly everyone, but like Nick young is <laughs> like the only guy and KCP, like the only guys who've actually been able to shoot as Lakers. Um, and you know, they, they counted on him being a two-way presence that, that, you know, like a solid role player that frankly he has not been. D'Angelo Russell as a playmaker, I think, has been very good, but his scoring, particularly in his outside shooting, has been fine, but if nothing else, not good enough to make up for a lot of what has been missing. Um, and like you said, that puts a lot on LeBron and AD. LeBron talked about how this team at full strength, and to be fair, they have not been full strength at any point in this season. They were built. So LeBron and AD wouldn't have to carry those loads on a night-to-night basis. That has not been remotely the case this season. Stay up to date on the LA Lakers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Lakers on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Panthers are making a change at head coach. Not even a full season after making a change at head coach. Panthers are bad this year. They also do not have their first-round pick to reap the benefits of their awfulness. Some would assume there would be patience with a rookie quarterback leading the offense and a new head coach leading the team. They would be wrong, though, as the Panthers fired head coach Frank Reich just 11 games into his first season as coach. Locked on Panthers host Julian Council looks at what is next in Charlotte. And the real problem for the Panthers being David Tepper is a terrible owner and the biggest competitive advantage in sports is ownership and David Tepper said he would never put this organization at a competitive disadvantage which is why he went out there and fired Ron Rivera four weeks left into the season going out to give the time the team some time and that's why he's now fired uh, Frank Reich and that's why he fired Matt Rule last year and by the way speaking of that because he wanted to get ahead of the hiring process uh do the NFL rules the Panthers cannot interview in person a head coaching candidate currently employed by another team until after the divisional round of the playoffs so that's the week of January 22nd. So he can't do anything for two months. We're just sitting here waiting for two months before he can really interview anybody. Now, I feel like we know who he's going to try and go after. Ben Johnson, who told him last year, thanks, but no thanks. I love North Carolina, but I don't love it enough to work for you. Uh, he stayed in Detroit and turned out to be the right decision. As the Lions are pretty good this year. And I guess Super Bowl contenders, I, I, Lions Super Bowl contenders doesn't really doesn't make sense, but maybe that's actually the case. So we'll see, but it's going to be a while before this gets figured out, which is why I told y'all um, after the game yesterday that selfishly, uh, David Tepper, just wait till the end of the season. You can't do anything anyways. Uh, you can't hire anybody. You can only interview people that are out there um, available. Like, is he going to interview Jim Harbaugh? I think he's going to be playing for a national championship like on the 20th or whatever it is in January. So I don't know. Here's the problem. And, and I'm not a Frank Reich defender. In fact, I think Frank Reich is a pretty overrated head coach. But if the reports around the decision to draft Bryce Young are to be believed, then there was not unanimity in that decision. In fact, there's some hints that, in fact, Reich would have preferred C.J. Stroud, who is not just the runaway Offensive Rookie of the Year, but a fringe MVP candidate this season. So you maybe didn't give your first-year head coach 
the opportunity to pick his preferred quarterback. Instead, the owner picked Bryce Young, who has been categorically awful this season, while, again, CJ Stroud has been brilliant. And it's his fault, after 11 games, that that guy's not better with a, with a pretty bad offensive line with no skill talent to speak of. What exactly was supposed to happen here? Again, I don't think Frank Reich is by any means the next Vince Lombardi. But he deserved better than this. And finally, we finally have a college bowl game with an edible mascot. Yes, I know you've been requesting it. I've been requesting it. And finally, the people have listened. The Pop-Tarts Bowl on December 28th will feature an edible mascot that the winning team will get to take a bite out of. I'm not making this up. The game will feature a Big 12 team against a ACC team. I guess it's as close as we're going to get to the cereal bowl. Breakfast? It's in there somewhere. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, Covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, are the Bills even going to make it to the playoffs this year? And if they don't, then what happens? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.